Hello and welcome to PSGH Cultural Connection. My name is Mark Coleman and I'm a director of PSG Holdings and your host for this series. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we broadcast from today, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. We are very excited about launching our podcast series today with monthly episodes to follow, where we will cover topics around business, reconciliation and culture. We believe given the current COVID circumstances, we needed to find a platform that could reach not only our staff, but our valued clients as well. In our first episode today, we are joined by PSG Holdings founder and CEO, Troy Ruglis, who is going to discuss the deep history and culture of PSG Holdings. Although many of our staff know the story, we have gained a number of new staff across our business that have not had the pleasure hearing how PSG Holdings started and why. Troy? Welcome to our first PSG Holdings podcast. Thanks, Mark. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. List of questions we've got today for you to try and cover some uh, history about PSG Holdings. Troy, firstly, congratulations. 2021 marks 10 years in business. How does that feel? I suppose the word that would describe that feeling, Mark, is we're proud of where we've come from and where we started. We started just with five people. Now we nearly have around 200 staff. I feel though that there's still a lot to do for our business and it still feels like it's in its, in, in its infancy. It still feels new to me. So it's just, it's a good feeling to know that people like yourself and myself and, and other staff still will have that driving force to, to uh, continue on the growth of the business. They mentioned in business, Troy, um, if you last seven years, it's a good foundation. We're 10, 10 years old now. You know, do you feel that the business itself is, is in a strong position? Yeah, I do actually. It's, um, we've diversified. We've siloed the business into our three, three major areas of, of, of business, the construction, maintenance and cleaning. And we've got great staff. And I think that, uh, we're on a winner. I think it's nothing but, um, onwards and upwards from here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed uh, earlier you mentioned, Troy, that, um, PSG has over 200 staff nationally. There's so many staff spread across the country. You know, how do you keep pushing that message through the business about why? Yeah, I think that um, having good management uh, helps us do that. It's, um, you know, passing that, that message down through through the through the business, and they infiltrate into filter it further on. So it's um, it's about the communication being clear and, and our staff knowing what messages and and where we want the business to go. Can you tell us a bit about how PSG started, Troy? Yeah, it was PSG started like you said over ten years ago now, and. I suppose the reason we started was I was in the fire brigade and we both played a bit of footy before that. And But the driving force behind PSG was actually when you come on board and you found the IBE, the Indigenous Business Exemption. So that gave me a real focus on something that actually found a connection through my Aboriginality and the story of my family and stuff like that, which is pretty powerful stuff. It's, you know, people that don't know that story, it's um about – you know, my great-grandmother, who had 11 children, the first six were taken away and never seen, but the history of her life being taken off her family at three and a brother at five and put on a, a farm to work and running away and eventually meet my great-grandfather, who was a Torres Strait Islander man, and my grandfather was the last of 11 kids. And like we said, the first six were taken and never seen again, and you know, these um these stories are I think, you know, need to get out there and people need to understand and understand why now we have these IPPs and it's not Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander businesses can 
be built up and play on a level playing field. It's nothing – they've never had the the upper hand on anything. So it's just about building that level playing field so we can um all play fairly and, and have a crack. Yeah, uh, it brings me back to a couple of meetings we had years and years ago, Troy, with different people um, – and someone would ask us, why should an Indigenous business get a, an advantage over a non-Indigenous business? And we, I remember we, you answered very strongly, you know, you've locked us out of the, the joint for 200 years, you know, and it's our turn now. So. Yeah, that's right. It's only fair, isn't it? It's, um, you know, like you said, the atrocities that have happened to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander families over the years and people forget it's, you know, it's our place really. Like everyone's a guest and we want, you know, our logo and, our, you know, what we say is, you know, reconciliation through business we know it can work we've done it for 10 years and we've got some great clients and some great relationships and people are motivated to work with us because we do a good job and yeah i just want to stick on the wire for just a, a little bit longer troy um there's some staff that joined us five or six years ago um, especially in the construction sector um josh tinker yep nathan austin yep they come from really large organizations and the why was really important for them to come across to us yeah um, you know, and you, you, you talk about companies like Microsoft and Bill Gates, and they've always said that they didn't ever build a company just to make the money, no. to, to do something with it. And you know, clearly you've had a, a motivation behind you from the start. Yeah, I think also too we attract people that, look, construction's construction. You know, you can be good at construction, these blokes are that work with us, but they've also got a passion. They understand why we want to do this and they're on board. And it's just the right people put in these positions for us is what we need and that's who we've got you know you mentioned josh and nathan and john myers and they've got to have be rowing in the same direction as us and understand that this is what we want to do if we get an opportunity to yeah. engage with indigenous businesses or, in, or or employ indigenous people what we do yeah. so it's um through our figures we smash it out of the park when it comes to our employment and engagement so yeah exactly and then we'll talk a bit bit more about them figures um later on Troy, what was some of the earliest memories of the business? I remember joining PSG in late 2011 and, you know, the business has come a long way since then. Like, I, I just can't picture in my mind where, when I first walked into the door at PSG, oh, the, where yeah. it is now. Um, you know, what's some of your earliest record, well, recollection? <laughs> I remember when we started the construction, you know, Remember you come in with our first check, it was $120 for hanging a door. Yeah, I do. That was at, that um, at Sydney University. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Sydney University. <laughs> Got us kick-started with the 120 So it's a big jump now to a $213 million project down at Garden Island with Defence and yeah, JVing yeah. with Len Lee. So yeah. it's, um, Let's just stop there for a minute and just, just pause on that for a minute, Troy, because <laughs> it's actually – you're talking about a company that's 10 years old, an Indigenous business as well, and the history – of 10 years ago, a $120 check for hanging a door to a $230 million project on Sydney Harbour for the Defence Department. The mind boggles, Troy. How do you feel about that? Oh, it's immensely proud. and But I suppose, like I said, it's PSG's a fam like a family business and we've got a direction in which we're going. We've got a, the right people are employed to to help us get there. So there's, you know, there's 200 staff that have um, helped PSG get to where it is. The construction staff are there for that project have been fantastic and, you know, we're very lucky and very grateful that they're on board and know they want to do the same thing we want to do. So, Yeah, there's one thing that I've always wanted to, wanted to mention to you. When you asked me to come across in 2011 or late 2011 to help install a construction division within PSG Holdings, um, 
you didn't really tell me about the accommodation I was coming to. So <laughs> I'd come from working for a tier one yeah. company with five star accommodation. Um, That's true. To I remember that to the first office at Camperdown. Yeah. So you want to just yeah, that was a that was a friend of mine. He had an office next door. He was actually knocking it down. So it was a dilapidated office. Cold in winter, hot in summer, no carpet, mould. So we slugged it out. It was free rent there for a while. So that was to actually give us a leg up. You know, yeah. if we had to pay rent, I think we um. Might have been a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got some vivid memories. Troy, the paint <laughs> falling off the walls. Yep, yep. Um, you know, yep, for it, sure. it, it was um, <laughs> it was a very unique place. But it was. But how much influence, Troy, did that that office itself have on on how hungry we were oh, yeah. in them early days? Well, I think it, it builds culture, doesn't it? It's you know where we're from and how we started. I think it's a great story. It just shows you what can be done in ten years. You know. For indigenous businesses and people and any well, any business, but we'd like to think that we're, you know, we're mentors to other business, and we can they can look up to us and see where we are, and hopefully think know that they can do it as well. If we look at our books now, some of our key clients that are, that are there today, when we look back, some of the first major contracts we were given, you know, Department of Human Services, yep. CSIRO, Department of Defence, yep, they're still clients of ours oh, today, absolutely. Um, Without them, our, our journey, where do you think we'd be without organisations like that? Well, you know, I remember we marched down to down to defence yourself, Tristan and, and, and me, had knocked on their door. I remember vividly saying, we're not here for a handout, we're here for a hand up. You know, we want to just give us the opportunity to show you what we can do. And, you know, people like John Owens was in, in defence at the time. You know, they did give us that chance and... and from that opportunity, here we are today. We showed them that, you know, and we made sure that I knew that our business had to be better than everyone else, everyone else's, you know, just due to people's thinking, you know, what an Aboriginal business can actually do or what they're capable of. And we smashed it out of the park and we continue to do that with them, you know. So the repeat work is now we've taken away the black white of the business. It's now PSG because they, they do their workmanship's yeah, I, I often hear you say that now uh, more than ever, Troy, every time we, we talk to new clients yeah, and they want to know about the Indigenous concept within the organisation, mm. but and but it's second nature to us now yeah, who we are. absolutely. But you're you're constantly telling new clients, look, we're, we're just a serious business Yeah, now. that's right, exactly. Um, you know, it does come with with what we do, like we're talking our culture, you know. Like I said, our employment's, you know, engagement and employment, you know, some of our jobs, you know, even now with Evolve, it's passed on, you know, Spoke about it the other day with Red Cross. You know, the engagement's 60% yeah. with Indigenous businesses. It's, it's unbelievable. You won't see these sort of figures, I don't think, coming from a non-Indigenous business. So there's a reason to work with us. We get good outcomes as well. So, you know, we make sure we do it. We just do it. So it's just in our DNA really, isn't it, now? So, and everyone that works there, it's just sort of a we've passed that on to them, you know, so it's good. No, it's awesome. Yep. Troy, PSG as a company is well known for being leaders in the Indigenous business sector. Can you tell me some of the challenges you had to overcome? I know you sat on many um, different focus groups, and I think at one stage you were a board member of Supply Nation. Yeah, it was, mate. It's um, some of the advisory groups and boards have sat on is you know, one for Supply Nation. You know, there's an Indigenous committee now that I sit on for UTS. It's to... um open up new opportunities, say, in architecture and stuff like that for uh, Indigenous men and women. You know, there's also that Canadian supply diversity 
conference we went to in Canada. So it's opened up my eyes to see how other countries are. But um, I suppose back to PSG was always had to be better than everyone else just due to the perception of being an Indigenous business. And once we proved that, now, as you say, we spoke about it before, it's just repeat work with these same clients, which is they've got the confidence to just, you know, they know we're going to deliver it, they know we're going to do an exceptional job. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's breaking down that and, you know, building a relationship and that yeah, comes. I think there's over 3,500 or 4,000 registered um, Supply Nation certified businesses today. Yep. If I think back to 2012, 13, Troy, um, spoke to Michael McLeod back then. Yep. Went and asked Michael for advice and there was – only a handful of Indigenous businesses around. Mm, yeah, um, that's right. And, you know, he, he'd, he'd give you some advice back then about how you had to make yourself better, you know, be better than everyone else. It's a pretty tough ask, you know, week in, week out to to live live up to the expectation and, and drive some real change through the federal and state government and corporate as yeah. well. Yeah, it is. And something that is tiring. It's like you sometimes you feel like you're bashing your head against a brick wall, but What's the alternative? You stop and we go nowhere. So eventually, you know, it's breaking through. There's more businesses coming through, more opportunity with larger projects for us to win and then engage with Indigenous businesses. So the whole sector's growing and, you know, there's figures there now that are, you know, it has grown. In 10 years, it's unbelievable. You know, spend now with uh, the Indigenous business sector compared to back then, but there's still a long way to go. You know, yeah. like we're still running the hurdles. And we know why. It's because we're an Indigenous business. So that's, to me, we won't be stopping until all that's gone. Troy, I know, you know, um, we're talking about challenges. I know you're a fiery character because I've known you for 30 years and there, there has been some instances over the years where, um, you know, some of the responses we've got back are, are, were pretty um, tragic in regards to engaging with other Indigenous businesses. How have you personally handled that them situations? Well, I've had to you know, not do what I wanted to do, so <laughs> had to put fire on up water on the fire. But it's, um, I suppose it's a lot of it's just, I wouldn't say ignorance. It's just they didn't know. I'd like every Australian to really know what happened and, and why Indigenous people think the way they do. A lot of them, and the reason for the IPP and stuff. It's, so it's educating people on the history. Of, of Australia and understanding what happened to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people at that time. So it's, um, so I think it's more non Indigenous people have to be open to listening to Indigenous people. And like, because we're working in Australia, I think it's a bit of both. Like we give and take. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it's finding that level, level ground to, to be able to, to work together and, and, you know, open up, open up the ears and, and listen. I look at our, our logo, achieving reconciliation through business, and I, I know them. Them four words weren't weren't chosen lightly mm. on on putting a, a a slogan underneath our logo. Achieving reconciliation through business. Do you, do you think PSG's made a difference? Oh, I hope so. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, like I said, sometimes I just look through our through our capability statements and and some of the engagement that we've had, and and I know that's the. That's the thing that I'm most proud of is is we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. So it's um something that I'm really proud of and, and I know everyone else is. It's, it's it's a big talking point for us as a business, it's um what we do. Perth G's made some significant first steps that laid a foundation for others to follow. Can you tell me a bit about that and what it meant for you personally, Troy? Like um, you know, 
I know you've you've mentioned before about work we've done within the community. Um, yep. There's been a lot of firsts for PSG. Yeah, yeah, and it's I suppose it's always a good moment to be first, but it's groundbreaking, and so I feel like with PSG we're always pushing our head against the wall because we're always a lot of the time we're first to to do a lot of stuff, you know, OFC accreditations, ISO accreditations, and we've done a lot with Indigenous businesses and community and stuff like that. We've got the the CSIRO project over in WA there with Wadri Nation. We've JV'd with the with the, the traditional owners over there, which is, a, mate, it's a, an amazing thing, and I'm very proud of that. And yourself was um, one of the main uh, drivers for that project. It's, um, I'm sure once we are, and once it's settled down and we're into it for a, for a little bit, it'll be um, could possibly be something that people could look at and, and reproduce of what we've done there. So it's um, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, Troy. I know one of your proudest moments are well was when um, we first introduced um, the Indigenous Female Employer yeah. of the Year Award. Can you tell us a bit about that that award, Troy, and where it was held and why? Yeah, it was held at um. Old Parliament House. We used to go down to Canberra there, and we had the highest level people from federal government, defence, and some of our major clients there. And it was a um, the award was a ten thousand dollar monetary uh, reward for them to further their studies and or put to to a trip to go overseas and 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 look at a, you know any sort of study they'd like to do overseas and. Um, that was fun. I think we. When was the first one of that? Six, seven years ago. I think it was about six, seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think I think we held we held three or four of those, and then yeah. obviously COVID kicked in. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, oh, it's something I'm very proud of. You know, there's some great, great stories in that too. There was you know, unbelievable stories from some of the past winners and and candidates that were were chosen. I think you know, out of the five five women, Indigenous women were chosen to shortlisted for that. That award and um, mate, they've uh, some of them have kicked on. It's been fantastic to watch their growth, and uh, that's something I'm sure once all this settles down, we'll be back into that. So yeah, because people don't get to get to hear much about, and, and you know, you you've been very guarded on all the stuff we do in the community, and you know, a lot of companies are out there screaming and yelling from the rooftops of what they do socially. Um, PSG goes about their business in a quiet manner. Yeah, supporting you know um, local football clubs yep. and and Curry knockouts. Yep, we've always yeah. been involved with LARPA. You know that's where we grew up, so it's um proud of that too, and got great history there with footy. And you know, I suppose sometimes I think should we? You know what I mean? Because it's um something we should be proud of, but we sort of fly under the radar a little bit. So I don't know if it's to our detriment or not, but it's um I suppose it shows you what sort of nature we are. Yep. Probably need to employ someone that can blow a trumpet a bit more, Mark. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you, yeah, you mentioned um, previously about the partnership with MWAC in in, yeah. in Western Australia, and um, we'll talk a bit about bit a bit more about that in in future episodes because yep. um, it's a, it's a major story unfolding. To work with tra- traditional owner groups, I know you call yourself a, a city fella. Yeah. Um, then you have got your country mob. Yeah. Proud LARPA man. Yeah. Any future plans to to work within your community or with LARPA? Yeah, absolutely. Love to. My grandfather was Wiradjuri, Torres Strait Islander, but you know LARPA. We're growing up in the eastern suburbs. They accepted us, and people out there, LARPA Stewart, and some of the Walkers. They, they knew some of my family, and that was the connection and the way we went. As a twelve year old, I was in Bondi, and 
I remember LARPA coming over to my house and saying, you know, come and play with us, mate. You know, it's you're part of us and let's go. So we ducked over there. It was, mate, it was great. So I opened my eyes up to um to the actual culture of, of who I was and and there. They're always um close to me out there and we'll always do what we can to help them and they know that and I know that, you know, so it's good. Troy, given the COVID restrictions, you obviously haven't had a chance to, you know, get around and meet the staff like you normally do and, um, and tell them about, you know, where's PSG heading and what does the future look like for PSG in your eyes now? Yeah, I think it's um it's a really bright future. We've got, like I said, the right people in the right places and we've got our divisions now and we've got our heads of our three divisions and it's all going well and, you know, we've modified our service delivery to move with COVID and, but the future is really bright, and I think um, I'd like to think that if people join PSG, there's an opportunity for them to to do whatever they want. If they want to stay, stay. If they want to go up the up the ladder, there's an opportunity there for them to do that. But it's um that's all happening with our growth. So we're um we're being strategic with our targeting, and like I said, we're we're diversifying a little bit. You know, we've always been that safe federal government sector. Trying to get out of that a bit more, we'll stay in there, but break out into the corporate sector with our construction and maintenance and cleaning, and um, yeah, so it's looking um really good. Yeah, so we've got offices in ACT, Western Australia, Northern Territory, yep. Queensland, New South Wales, yep, which only leaves a few states and territories left to go. Yep. That's um, right. Any plans, Troy, on expanding into say South Australia and you Tasmania? You know me, Mark. You'll be <laughs> pulling me back. I'm always always up for an expansion. That'll just depend on on, on opportunities available in those in those areas. You know, so yeah, uh, we do work in South Australia. You know, but it's um actually targeting some some projects there or whatever we need to do and 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 having a crack and. Building yeah, from there because it's important for our staff to to know. You know, although we're not a large corporation like your lend leases no. or um, company like that, but we are big enough now with over two hundred staffs and and yep. offices in mo- most locations for our staff to feel that there is opportunity for them. If they want to move to Queensland or they want 100%. to move to Tasmania to take uh, opportunity for a better lifestyle. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah. How open is PSG to to supporting that with staff? Oh, 100% open to it. It's something that we pride ourselves on and that's why we're doing this. I suppose over the last two years we haven't had that opportunity to get out there and, and see everyone, but it's um, and this is why we're doing it, to let them know that, you know, if you've got a question or you've got something you want to do, ask and we'll, we'll accommodate as much as we can. Yeah, you know? I've seen some figures the other day, Troy, like um, I think PSG's uh, women in our business is, uh, is sitting at 55 or 60%. Yep. Um, I think it's our indigenous, Yeah, our Indigenous employment is sitting at roughly 32% yep. on average. Yeah. Um, you know, we're hitting some really diverse milestones, but yeah. there's no real policy within the organisation that actually achieves that. No, So no. Wh- why are we so strong in them areas? Well, that's what I say. It's in our DNA. It's just something that we, we just do. We don't need policy to do it, and most indigenous businesses are like that. That's we're here to help help each other, and that's part of the um, reason of our success, you know. And, and it, that triples over into every project we win. Like I always you know, giving some people the targets we met on the um, Kimberwali project, yep, the Aboriginal Centre of Excellence, where you know it was close to fifty percent, forty-seven and a half percent spend with indigenous businesses on a fifteen million dollar job. And I think we engaged it was eighteen indigenous businesses, and our employment was forty percent. So it's massive. 
and I've often said this to the you know, state government, which it was, it was through um, state government, that project, you're looking at 47.5% where you've got targets of three. So how many jobs do that non-Indigenous business have to do to meet yeah. 40 to catch up to us, you know? So it's unbelievable. Give us two jobs and we're nearly at 100%, you know, that's 147%. It's, Fair call. It's, you know, it's a lot. So it's a big spend in that in that sector. Okay, yeah. So, Troy, finally, I've got one last question for you, and it's a, it's a pretty controversial question. Given COVID and the majority of our clients are federal and state government, uh, and they're mandating to us at PSG that they want all of our staff vaccinated before accessing their, their sites. Um, yep. I'm sure it's a really sensitive topic amongst all CEOs at the moment. Where, where, where's PSG's position on this? Yeah, I think, you know, I've always said that people have their own opinions and stuff like that, but, like, it's to me, the vaccinations isn't about yourself. It's about getting vaccinated so you don't pass it on to someone, one, one of the elderly or, or vulnerable people that, if they get it from you, you've actually done all you can to make it. If you do pass on it, it's as minimal as possible. So it's, it's not getting it so I can go away or you know, some selfish reason. It's a selfless reason. You know, yeah. you're doing it so, you know, you're looking after others by getting it done. Yeah, because a lot of our contracts are in vulnerable communities throughout yeah, Western Australia and Northern, right. Northern Territory. 100%. Um, especially our Indigenous communities. Yep. And, and so it's pretty important to you as an yeah, Indigenous absolutely. person that we protect those. So, you know, one last word for any staff within our organisation that needs yeah. some convincing. I just think that don't think about yourself, think about others and, and why it's important you get that that vaccination. So if you do pass it on, it's not as as bad as it would have been and Hopefully the other people are vaccinated and it's, it's, it's not life threatening where if you don't, it's possible it could be. So that's all. That's the only reason I'll, I'll talk it up. Well, that brings us to the end of our first episode. Troy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure. And, um, talk to you soon.